That's such a great, great song uh, to end with on our time of worship. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open it. James chapter number five. We have made it to the last chapter of this book. And uh, the book of James, as we've been studying what it means to have a genuine faith, uh, a practical faith, something that you can live every day, some truth of God that you can live every day and apply in your life. And the whole book of James is really... Uh, has that focus uh, as James is writing this letter to uh, the, the church that has been scattered abroad. He, he's really focusing on, as you, as you go where God has taken you, have some practical truth that you're living in your life every day. And so we've learned that in chapter 1 and chapter 2, chapter 3 and 4, learning about perspectives of faith and practice of faith and power of faith and passion of our faith. And as you jump into chapter number five, you're going to learn about the aspect of the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith. I think the key to practically living a genuine Christian life is found through a life of prayer. It really, really is. It is one of the areas I think most neglected in the Christian life, at least I can say from personal experience, it's one of the areas where I struggle most with uh, is the life of prayer. Because many times, and I've, I've fallen into this trap myself, it kind of feels like when you are in a time of prayer that you're really not doing anything. It kind of feels sometimes that when you're praying, you're kind of just almost hoping, right? It's this idea of, well, I hope this happens. Let me just say it out loud and almost like positive reinforcement or the power of positive thinking, say it out loud and maybe uh, something will happen. But that's not what prayer is. It's not uh, just a thought of a positive thing happening. It's way more than that. Uh, it, it does more than all of our work combined. In fact, it's what makes our work, our good works, our deeds actually produce something. Because Doing good deeds, anyone can do them. You don't have to be a Christian to do a good deed. In fact, there's organizations all over our world that help people that are in hunger and people that are suffering from cancer and diseases and uh, people that are going through difficult economic circumstances. When a hurricane hits in a city or in an area like it did in Houston a few years ago, uh, it wasn't just Christians that come to that city and help. I mean, everyone does. Uh, good deeds can be done by anyone. But for good deeds to have any kind of impact, to good, for good deeds to have any kind of transformational power, they must have prayer behind them. See, that, that's the difference in prayer. Prayer actually gives us the ability to, to cause fruit to happen from our labor. It allows good deeds to bring something to fruition. And so when it comes to genuine Christian living, I think the key to actually experiencing that is prayer in your life. It's the time of prayer that you spend talking with God. Now, it's most important when you're going through spiritual warfare, when you're having spiritual needs, usually that's when we run to prayer. And that's good. I think you ought to. The Bible says we ought to. All right. In Ephesians chapter six, when he's talking about putting on the whole armor of God at the very end, verse number 18, he says, uh, we ought to have a prayer behind all of that. All right. Having a life 
of prayer. So prayer is important. It's the key to making all of this work. It's the key, if you will, to making chapters one through four work. You want to have the right perspective on your faith? Be sure you're praying. You want to have the right practice in your faith and keep living that way? Be sure you're praying. You want to have some power behind the words that you're sharing with your family members or your coworkers? Be sure you're praying. You want to maintain the passion of your faith on fire for God? Be sure you're praying. It's the key to making everything else come together and work. But so many times as Christians, if we're not careful, we don't spend that time in prayer. It's kind of like um, someone like Jeff Bezos. I don't know if he's the richest man in the world, but I think he is one of the, he's for sure in the top three, but... But if someone like Jeff Bezos, right, the, the owner of Amazon, were to deposit into your bank account a million dollars, instantly you would become a millionaire. And it's guaranteed everybody knows the guy's worth like 90 billion or I don't know what he's worth now, but something like that. And so uh, nobody would question if he wrote a, bank, a check to the bank, to your bank, into your account of a million dollars, everybody would know that's guaranteed money and it's, it's going to appear in your account. But in order for that million dollars to do anything, to have any kind of impact in your life, you've got to withdraw that, which means you've got to know how to write a check. Right? You've you got to know how to sign your name and, and get that check and, and, and really uh, uh, use the checkbook if you're going to get that million dollars out. You've you got to be able to use that. And the problem is that many times as Christians, we have the guarantee of God answering prayer. We're just not writing the checks for it. We're just not taking time to go to God and say, God, now you've promised this and you've guaranteed this. And it's kind of like having that million dollars in the bank, that check. In chapter five, James is really going to focus on this of prayer. Prayer is cashing the check and the promises that God has made to us. It really uh, brings into that as the focus. So James here in chapter 5 brings the theme of prayer into focus. You see, there must be a prayer life to our faith if we're going to live as genuine Christians. If we're going to actually have that practicality lived out, you must have the prayer life. And let me just say as we begin this study that we will always pray for what is important to us in life. That's why usually when I ask somebody, do you pray? They say, usually the first thing they say, oh yeah, I pray for my family every day. Because your family is important. So you take time to pray for your family because it's important. Sometimes you'll pray for your job because that's important. You see, anything that's important to us in life, we'll pray about. Anything that is a priority in our life, we pray about. So as we go through chapter 5, of the book of James, we're going to focus on prayer. And you're going to see kind of how James can can really point us to that. It's not always clearly obvious, but it's something I think that you can draw out of this passage. And I want you to notice, starting in verse number one, that James is going to be talking about materialism and how we need prayer in our life if we're not going to live a materialistic life. If we're not going to get trapped into the life of materialism, you're going to have to have prayer as part of your life. And so let's read what James has to say about materialism, and then we're going to talk about three prayer requests that we can pray about for God to help us overcome that in our life. So 
James chapter number five, verse number one says, Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rest of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. The cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. He starts off talking about materialism and what it does. And the destruction that it can bring. And we're going to kind of dissect these six verses and draw out three prayers that we can have in our prayer life to help us defeat materialism in our life. But before we do that, let's pray and ask God to give us his wisdom and his spirit as we study his word. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning, for allowing us to be in your house. Thank you for your word that instructs us and guides us and exhort us. And, and Father, I pray that as we study your word this morning, that we would allow it to penetrate our hearts and our minds. I pray that there might not be any distractions right now that would take us away from the focus of this study. I pray that uh, we can be 100% here in your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit, first of all, would fill me as the preacher to, to preach uh, what you've laid on my heart, that I would have freedom to do so, that I would preach only what you want. I pray that anything that's in this message that needs to be left out, that by the guidance of your spirit, I'd leave it out. And that, Father, we'd be challenged by your word today, that we'd be encouraged by your word today. I pray that we would be able to understand what materialism does and is and help us to find victory over it in our lives. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So three prayer requests that we must have to live a genuine faith. Notice, first of all, that we must pray that gold does not become your God. The first prayer request we ought to pray about when it comes uh, to our prayer life and avoiding materialism in our life is pray that gold does not become your God. You see, the first truth that James points out to us in this chapter is the reality that riches can actually bring misery to your life. He says that in verse number one, oh, come to now you rich for the miseries that will come upon you. And there are riches that can really bring misery in your life. Now, let me be very clear about this. God is not against riches. God is the richest being there is. God is not against you and me having riches. God has given us what we have. And God is all about providing our needs and even providing some of our wants and desires. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. God is not against giving riches. God gave Abraham, many scholars believe uh, he was probably the richest man on earth at the time in which he lived. Job uh, lived at the similar time or close to the time of Abraham. They both were very rich, very well off. You can